Ahoy, hello, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. We are treating you with nine incredible facts this week. Nine things to get you thinking, to get you deciding whether these facts should be worth remembering and sharing, or very simply, throwing into that dustbin fire of knowledge. It's your decision. My name's Dan. I've got stuff about Michael Jackson, about very rich people, and maybe the most ridiculous animal name I've ever heard. Mark is also here. This week, feeling embarrassed may be an us thing. How to raise money for charity. And finally, I'm going to ruin some childhoods. And Connor makes up the triumvirate. We're going to talk about films, E.T. walking, and your digestive system. There you go. We're covering every single base. So don't worry. It's a new week. It's a brand new episode of Baffle. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I don't want to get ahead here, but when you said films and E.T. walking, is that the same thing? Or is that two different facts? No, it all makes sense as we go along. Great. Uh, I need to ask you a question about that coffee. Yes. What flavour is it? Uh, caramel. Because I was in the kitchen. Uh, stick around, facts on the way. Mm. I was in the kitchen. Oh, you didn't get one of the horrible lemon ones, did no, you? No, 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 no. I was going to make that, but then it was like caramel cookie, and I thought, that looks, it looks awful. It's actually quite nice. I also saw you in it's the like kitchen as well flavor. before this. Uh, pour a bit of cold water into your coffee. I like do, a yeah. weirdo. Yeah. It's, why? Because otherwise it's a bit too hot to drink straight away. Oh, that is mum in it. Yeah. That is mum. You want a little bit of water in there, Marky? That is mum. It's a very normal thing. Marky Poo, you want a little bit of water in your it's coffee? It's a very normal thing. The bony-eared arsefish is the vertebrae with the lowest brain-to-body mass index. Look, you and me agreed we weren't going to tell Connor what his nickname was. That come out of nowhere. The what-what-what-fish? The bony-eared arsefish is the creature with the lowest brain-to-body mass index, which means it's the stupidest creature. Right. And its name is the bony-eared arsefish. What gives it that title? What does it do that makes it stupid? Does it do anything day-to-day in fish life? I don't know why they call it the arsefish. Does it headbutt things under the sea? But it's quite, it's quite, it, you know, it, it's got bony ears. It's mm. got, uh, it's got, I think it's called arsefish because it's soft and flabby. Right. You find them quite low down and because they're so low, uh, there's got a huge pressure pressing down on mm. them, which is why they have to be quite soft and malleable. Bony what? The bony eared arsefish. Bony eared arsefish. Yeah. It, it's found uh, off British Columbia's coast in the tropical and subtropical oceans. It goes down to 4415 metres. I reckon it's probably quite an ugly beast. Yeah, there you go. Is that the, is that the bony-eared arsefish? Yep. The blobfish? Yep. Yeah, it's disgusting. It, I'll tell you what creature it is. You know the meme of that blob 
that's a fish that maybe you send to someone because, you know, they look minging. The head of the is. fish sort of looks a little bit like a throat poo. A throat a poo. A throat poo. That throat. famous thing that everyone knows. What's a throat poo? Never had that little bit of stuff come up from your throat before. A bit of mucus. And it sort of stinks. Tastes like <laughs> Might have come from the back of the tonsil. Your knowledge of like... Throat poo. Poos is, is and thing? different nicknames yeah. of poos is quite weird. Throat poo. Looks like a... Almost looks like... You know the uh, lazy garlic that you get? I've literally never had this. Never had a throat poo? No. no. I mean, you were slagging in Markov for putting cold water, which I think is fine, but I kind of went along with it for the purposes of comedy. Thank you very much. You can thank me later. Thanks. I... This is the weirdest thing. Yeah, a throat poo. You're coughing up globules of garlic. No, 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 no. So the uh, lazy garlic that you get in a jar, which is obviously pre-done garlic, Pre-cut, it sort of yeah. looks a bit like that. And it's uh, sort of a little poo that comes up from your throat. It might be a, you know. You should see a doctor. And it stinks. You've probably seen people on TikTok pick them out from behind their tonsils before. No. Uh, well, if you, if you go into my algorithm, which is pimple popping, that also comes into your timeline. It's not a thing. I don't think this is okay. <laughs> Google throat poo. I think I'm not, not about thing. to Google throat poo. I throat will. Poo. So, Mark, you fill the void. So, it stinks. Tonsil and stones. I'm guessing, therefore, tastes bad as well. Yeah. So, yeah, tonsil stones would be the actual term. I like to call it throat poo. I've never, never known had of this. It. Yeah, and they stink of. What? What's? What makes it? Don't really know, but yeah. Nice on a cocktail stick, serve it up to you, mate. Pretend it's a little bit of roasted garlic. <laughs> the bony-eared arsefish is the vertebrate with the lowest known brain-to-body mass index. Cool. Cheers. Well, so what that means, it means it's got the smallest brain for how big its body is. Yeah. So lots of control, small brain to do it. I, I don't think it's much control. It's kind of like floating around the I bottom bet it of the dies ocean. all the time. Everyone eats it. I think it's just an idiot. No one's eating that. Look how minging it is. Yeah. There we go. Bony-eared arsefish and ropu. The bony-eared arsefish is the vertebrate with the lowest known brain-to-body mass index. Why do you keep saying that? Just, you know. Right. Do you have large or craggy tonsils? No, but my tonsils do get sore a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> Bit sore now. Yeah, that might be why you have tonsil stones. Mm. Yeah, well, it's weird, isn't it? Because that's not the only that comes out of your mouth, is it? Hey, bum We found it in the end. Mark, give us your first fact of the show. Humans are the only animals that blush and feel embarrassment. We don't know that. We I, do not know I, that. I don't think it's true. No. Maybe blush. How do you know that a kangaroo doesn't feel embarrassed? You can't, you don't know, because you can't speak. Nonsense. So it all comes down to, so blushing is obviously caused by the dilation of blood vessels in the facial skin. Yeah, we can prove that. Embarrassment. Um, so one of the thoughts, the only reason we blush is because we're one of the few creatures that don't have a load of fur in our skin. Mm. So therefore it is out there a bit more. But the reason that humans are the only people who feel embarrassed is because it's a really highly complex emotion that requires knowing what others are thinking about you, and that is well beyond the capabilities of any other species. Why do we blush when we're embarrassed? Why, why is being embarrassed linked to blood rushing to the face? So there's a little bit of a mystery about this. They're not entirely sure. But, but they're what, sure that kangaroos don't... don't they, yeah, they're very sure of that. Don't get embarrassed. Um, but they believe that, that we've evolved to be this way because by blushing, we're showing that we know we've made a social faux pas or that there's a reason that we should be embarrassed. Therefore, people tend to be more sympathetic towards you if they can see that you acknowledge that because you're blushing. So that seems to be the general scientific theory on why it happens. I'm not entirely sure, but that's the general theory of it. I have a cat, and when she does something stupid, like goes to leap somewhere and doesn't get onto it right, so falls on her ass, Mm. she runs away because she's embarrassed. It's not because she's embarrassed. She's scared. I think she's a bit, no, because she looks at you and goes, 
and then runs away. Is it because you also go, what are you doing? No, I'm laughing. I think it's because she's embarrassed. And you can yeah, but the thing is, right, there's two things that are wrong with this. A, she's not embarrassed. She's not complex enough to understand what you're actually thinking. Secondly, the cat hasn't done that on accident. If they've knocked something over, it's because they're evil creatures who should not be kept as pets. No, it's when she like jumps. She's, I don't know, tried to make a leap and maybe doesn't quite make it and slips off and and then she runs off embarrassed. It's always good fun. Sounds like a laugh, mate. Have you? Well, you need to pass the time. Have you? Have you seen what, an embarrassed creature? No, but I don't believe that creatures don't feel embarrassment. I've just never paid enough attention. But of course they do. You can't prove it. You can't just go because they don't blush. They don't feel embarrassment. Nonsense. You don't know. They're not saying because they can't blush, they're not feeling embarrassment. How do you know? Well, because How I imagine... How can you understand somebody's feelings without speaking to them? Well, because I imagine they, they don't do many other things that complex creatures do, which is also a byproduct of... It's a very highly complex being. emotion. Yeah. Because it requires you to process not only what you are thinking, but also what that other like, yeah, person is thinking as you, well. You know when you're playing a game and you like level up your character so you get a lot more traits by leveling up humans are on eight all other but level eight is the only level that you can feel embarrassment on i think that's the link right give us just first fact to the show there is a sound effect called the wilhelm scream have you heard about it yeah my new mark had have you is it the- that's it yeah so it was in a film um and scream. it's the Wilhelm Scream. And it has been used in 200 movies since 1951. You know, if you just, you slowing down your speech doesn't make it more impressive. No, it's it does. It's a great fact. It really does. Sheb Woolley's name is. Um, he has been credited as the man responsible for producing the famous Scream. Uh, it was a mid-20th century Western. And it has been in a <laughs> ton of I, films. I, I googled this and... I was typing at Wilhelm's scream, and no, it's it's like Wilhelm. It's spelled W I M H E L M. Yeah, but I just think of the James Blake song. It's what it sounds like. That's the original. Yeah. I thought it was more. And these are all the films since. Then it was in 1954, and then it goes all the way through. Obviously, I'll take it to the more modern day. It's in The Return of the Jedi. It's in Toy Story. It's in Hercules. It's in a lot of films. Uh, Is it just a bloke screaming? Yes, it's just the original scream of which he done, but they've clipped it so many times because it's such a good scream that they just then use it loads of other times in films. Obviously, in the more recent day, I was doing a bit of research on it. It's fantastic for animations, obviously. Um, so yeah, in Toy Story, Woody, I believe, they put the wheel, the Wilhelm scream over. The work is ineligible for copyright because it contains no authorship. Exactly that. Yeah. So there is there's no ownership of it. So they just that's why so many things use it. Absolutely. Yeah. So you don't have to be related to you know the production company of which you made the film. Anyone can use it. You'd be fuming if you were Ralph Brooks who played Private Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Because you ain't getting any, you ain't getting a pound from that. You ain't getting Either a that or his IMDb is the longest in the world. Yeah. Oh, that's a good fact. Let's look up this. Well, they, uh, they, 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 they say that, that it's 200 movies, but then I went on to further research and they actually say that it could be over 400 to 500 that it's actually been used for a broadcast. So that could be, you know, smaller budget films too. Hell of a lot of times that old Wilhelm Scream has been used. I'm looking at this. No. No, no, no. 
barely anything on his Wikipedia. Right, second fact of the show for me, we're talking about another man who enjoyed to kind of scream in his public appearance, which was Michael Jackson, you know that? Oh, oh. Yeah. Thank you, mate, perfect. He had a painting on the shoes that he used in Smooth Criminal. Those were the ones that let him lean forward at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. Yeah, right. Because the shoes done that, yeah. Yeah, they did. What's wrong? Well, it was the shoes in the plank of wood that he was on that had the needle going through it that attached to his shoe that made him do it. No, it's just shoes. Yeah, the heel clips in to the flooring. A system for allowing a shoe wearer to lean forwardly beyond his centre of gravity. Uh, it will engage with a hitch member, movable projective, projectable through the stage surface. So yeah, they kind of slotted in and then leaned forward. It's nothing to do with the shoe. But the, the, but the shoe is the painting. It's, it's all in. You get an email? Yeah. <coughs> but it's all in. Important. It was a painting that he got in 1992. A patent for something to let him clip in. So a lot of people thought that he was doing that, you know, magically, as did I until I saw this. Oh, you actually believed that he was fully physically bending that far? Maybe not that far. I thought it, that far was a trick of, you know, lighting mirrors. Like he stole the moonwalk as well, old MJ. What's your, what's your problem? Didn't create that. Well, you know, I sometimes don't really believe a lot of this Michael Jackson crap. So you're, you know, of all... Of he didn't all... create all these things. No, but no one creates anything. Like the moonwalk wasn't him. He popped, we didn't make podcasts. No, but the moonwalk was... No, no, we did. Yeah, but we're we, not... We, we did. You can't sit there and go, You're, you, you, Dan Simpson, in your podcasting world is as famous as Michael Jackson and he's moonwalk. Like, it's what he's known for. He didn't even create the bloody thing. I'd say he's known more for singing. Well, Roger Federer didn't invent the, uh, a tennis shot, but that's it's what they do. They popularise these His things. His signature is the moonwalk and this bend. I, I don't I, understand I was, your problem with this. Well, I just don't think it's... I don't know why you're getting on your high horse of all things, and of all things with Michael Jackson, by the way, you're annoyed that he didn't really lean forward. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't know. I could do that. You are the man you who could. once told us Michael Jackson isn't actually dead. I could do that. You could if you wore the shoes. Yeah. But that's the point. He was the one that got the patent on these shoes. That's the fact. Last week, your fact was... Your, de- your nan's dead on in Facebook. I bring this, which has actually got some meat to the bones. You can rip it apart with, you, you know, tenderise it with your teeth. So, when, so, so you say, my, so Michael Jackson's got a patent on the ability to be able to wear a shoe that clips into the floor no, that allows him to bend. He doesn't, he's not the only one that can wear it. No, no, he just has the patent for that concept. Yeah. Right. That he created. Well, I would assume with someone else. I can tell you who. With Michael L. Bush and Dennis Tompkins. Wow. And what does it? What, does he earn loads of money out of it? Well, the current assignee, according to Google Paintings, is a company called Triumph International Inc. Let's see what they do. Well, allegedly they're a lingerie brand, so there you go. The strange world that we weave. Uh, any more, you want to slag off anything else? No, no, no. I just don't really understand. No. It's, it's a it's a free free speech podcast. I just don't really understand the point of the thing. It's just he's got a patent for a ability to do that. I don't. Are you so? What, not, what's it led on to? What? It's not a free speech podcast, by the way. What, what's it no, led on it's to? Very much Dan's speech and you, anything else. You, Mark. Yes. As facts go, yes. this is interesting. I would say it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. He's he's got a patent. You know, he did this, and he was thinking, well, this is my thing. Uh, much like I didn't apparently invent the moonwalk, so I'm going to make this. So I'm the only one who could build these shoes. Who did invent the moonwalk? Oh, it was some guy, there's a documentary bit on it on yeah, YouTube. It. it was like a guy who he'd done dance lessons with or I don't know. Yeah. yeah, he took it. 
It is quite good. I think you can see on top of the pops yeah, someone yeah. way before Michael Jackson doing the moonwalk. No, no, I'm not yeah. saying it's a bad fact. I'm just saying that what? So there's a company now that Michael Jackson part owns that creates these shoes you can buy to do. I don't really get it. Like, it's just a... Well, you know, you don't need to get every fact. Just take it in your knowledge. He has a, He holds a patent for these shoes. Brilliant. So how do I purchase the shoes? I don't know. You can't make them because you've got to do the patent. Maybe you can make them. I don't know if you can. Maybe you can make them but can't sell them. Yeah, I think so. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Okay, this is one for our American listeners. So I'm going to have to explain a little bit to you too. So there's a guy called Tim Tebow who was a quarterback for the Florida, uh, Florida University, for Florida Gators. And he won a thing called the Heisman Trophy, which is for the best college player of that year. Now, every year, he decides now that he auctions it off to whoever wants to keep it for the next 12 months. How much does he make by doing this? He's made millions. He gives it all to charity, but he's made millions. So he won the Heisman in 2007. And since then, he just auctions it off. And people will have it for either six months or a year. And they get to keep it in their home and just display it like anything else. Tim Tebow, did he go on to have a successful NFL career? No, he went on to be one of the biggest flops in NFL history. So why is he... You know, it's the whole thing with charity. It's obviously very good and very noble to give money to charity, but ultimately no one cares. Like, if you're auctioning off, just keep the money. Yeah, especially given that he didn't really have that much of a career. That's probably point. do with some money. What is it with... Like, why are people doing this? What is the... And I, I, I enjoy America. I love Americans. I think they're some of the, 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 the happiest and kindest people. What is the obsession with college sports? Like, why, why are people, you know, all paying that much to hold what is effectively the Cambridge and Oxford boat race winning trophy? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit bigger than that. Um, college sports are huge in America. So you are in the same way that Connor would die for his irons for West Ham. People are like that about the university they go to. No, it's I massive. Fo- I find it weird. The American football pitches for college football were... It's weird, yeah, you it? get like 100,000 people going and watching so it. So what? I don't understand why people are paying so much money to have the trophy. So, so, so the Heisman Trophy itself show is it off. like the biggest thing you can win as an individual player in college football. So why do people pay to have it then? Because they want it to be there to show people or just to have a bit of history or whatever. So like even so uh, there's a country singer called Luke Bryant. Even he paid, you know, like a million dollars. Yeah, paid like a million dollars to have this for a year. Well, and, and then they just girl, display it in their house. For... Just display it in the house, do whatever they want with it. Take photos with it, pretend, come down in the morning, go, oh, there's the Heisman Trophy I won. They can do whatever they want with it. But yeah, At the they, end of the day, they this... auction it off every year and raise a load of money for charity. But this is for like a trophy that a 20-year-old wins. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a bit odd, isn't it? It's quite a cool-looking trophy, though. Looks I good. mean, it's the most American-looking trophy ever because it's, you know, a bloke, it's not the quarterback, is it? It's guy with ball pushing away. I just don't. I just don't get the absurd, the absolute obsession with college sports. I don't understand the obsession with wanting to pay a million dollars to have it in your house. It's even, and when you didn't even bloody win the thing, it just seems a bit lame. People are, have but a college lot of money. sports are massive. It's massive in America it's, because I think it's the reason that it's so big to answer your question is because it's such good level. It's a good level. So American football, it, college American football in the US is a very very good level no, of, college, uh, that, of American. But... Football. It's not like you know us playing Sunday league football. It's a very very good level of the sport. No, so therefore, I, people. I know I get that, <clears throat> but then you could argue that the reason it's a good level is because people go and watch it, so there's a lot of money to invest in it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, th- I think that too. But like, I think it's mainly because 
the places are so big. Yeah. I, I, so, you're, you you yeah. know, you might be a lot closer and a lot more connected to your alma mater yeah. rather than... If you think the there's, there's only 32 NFL teams. Think how big America is. And it's a closed shop. There's only 32 teams. And they earn fortunes as well, college students, for playing in the NFL, don't they? Not until this... Well, for playing in the NFL, yes. Until, yeah, like, this, until this last year, so until last season, they never earned any money for playing in college. So you could have 100,000 people going and seeing you, but it was illegal for players to earn money from playing in college. Yeah, but you despite get, the fact that the universities yeah. would make millions from it, but you get and it's going to give me a great chance to do my new favorite thing on the podcast. You're going to get a bit of, aren't you? They're going to give you a little, a little kickback. Well, you know, come come to no. no, come on, they are come to the University of Texas and we'll you know get you a house when you da 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 da. So this thing. So now some states have allowed university players to be paid. Therefore, unsurprisingly, Texas, weirdly one of them, are able to recruit a lot of very good players from other universities because they can pay them, yep. whereas other universities can't. It's going to be depressing, though, because then there's no win. Can actually relate to this. I know you're going to go, oh, here goes again. But when I went to Austin, uh, they have just built a really huge, 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 huge American football stadium for the local college. It's massive. It's, bi- it's bigger than most Premier League clubs' yeah. grounds. And it's just for the Austin... <clears throat> I think it's Austin College, whatever they're called. Uh, college <laughs> thing. <laughs> so even, like, you took Austin a, College, you, whatever. You took a run called. up at the name and then, like, kind of bottled it half. I think they're called the Austin City College, college or something. Uh, I don't know. Something like that. Something. Yeah. I quite like it, though. I quite like the, the vibe. I remember going to San Francisco and. Wasn't the, was it the Golden State? Is it nice, Golden isn't it? State, to have, Golden uh, State Warriors? You're talking basketball? Yeah, but it wasn't the because they're the actual team, they're the NBA yeah. team who won. They are, yeah. It's nice to have passion for something like that in America. That's what I like. They go to it week, not us over here. It costs you eighty five quid to go and see your local Premier League team. But you don't know how much it costs them. It's not a lot of money to go. Well, well I don't know. It's it just might be nice and big too. in Texas. But yeah, the, I remember the the college team in San Francisco. I got very into that there. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. Your entire digestive system is open. So basically what that means is from mouth all the way through to your anus, you could basically stick a camera the whole way through. It go in one end and straight out the other. It goes straight the way through, which means it's basically open from your mouth to your bum. How does it block it off, though? What do you mean, how does it block it off? Why is not a bit of food that you drop in your mouth immediately? Just well, obviously you've got digestive anus. systems with inside it and everything like that and all of the tubing and stuff. But if you actually just run a pipe the whole way through, it will go in one end and out the other. And obviously your mouth shut and your bum shut unless you open it up for a poo. I do believe that's exactly how doctors refer to it. Yeah. All the tubing and stuff. Tried to find a little picture of this happening <laughs> and in the part of the website that I shouldn't be on, but you know, couldn't find it. What's your obsession with this? I think it's great. The I fact that if you like open so your mouth and open your bum, that is open. <laughs> you can get a little breeze going through. Great. Kind of reminded me of the people that put a balloon up their nose and then put it out of their mouth. Could you do that that way? If you, if you, I don't know, sit down violently. Yeah. But anus first, sit down violently. Yeah. Therefore, does a little bit come out of your mouth? You know, when you shut a door in a house Mm. and then another door door opens. opens, Well, no, I think the best way to explain it is trap wind. Sometimes you feel that trap wind and you're like, is it a fart? Is it a burp? Usually either way, it helps because it's connected. Doesn't really matter which all end the it way comes through. out of, as long as it comes out one end. What all the way through. What were you talking about there? That wasn't that trap was, wind. That did not answer what I was saying. No, no, because the answer to what you need, I can't give you. But so, so therefore, he's going to answer a different question. Yeah. yeah. But trap wind is a good way of looking at. It. You could burp. You could fart. Either way, you feel relieved. Uh, to answer your question, Dan, I don't know. It depends whether or not the body self-regulates, kind of the air pressure inside of it. 
Well, I mean, in, if it's in, one, in a way, a room wouldn't. If if it's all connected, so yeah, how is it regulating it? Like, how is it stopping? You know. Uh, food immediately dropping down. Well, of course, because you've got the stomach that it sits in, doesn't it? It takes a long while for the actual digestive system to work through the whole body. Do you know how long it takes? No, probably what, two, three days, is it? I think we learned that in the very early days of science, isn't it, for to digest food? You should know this more than anyone because you can can eat something, I would imagine, on a Friday night. If you have a curry on a Friday night, you're feeling it the next day. Yeah, I think it's two, two, three days to, to digest a meal. I reckon it's quicker than that. Maybe. Six to eight hours. There we go, right, six to eight hours. Yeah, because just remember... But you're like, not for eight hours unless you've got IBS. Well, I, I can eat sometimes and, and it's... Oh, I'm sorry. That's six to eight hours to pass <clears> through <throat> your stomach and small intestine. General food will take 24 to, 7, 7, 24 to 72 hours to move through your digestive tract. I just tract. don't believe that. But then what's happening? If I've had a bit... When I used to eat me, when I had a Big Mac, bam, I'd need a toilet 20 minutes later. What's going on? I don't agree with you, mate. I'm not, the, the fact isn't how your digestive so system I'm, I'm works. Not out the, the fact is the fact that it's basically one long tube that runs the whole way <laughs> no, through. I know, I know, with I your know. mouth being open and your bum being open, it's just running through. Not about how long it takes you I to know, digest your McPlant. I got that, but if I do have one, if I have a Big Mac, what 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 what's coming out the other end? Just other other, like other food that's just it's at the bottom of the pile. I, I, this isn't to do with my. F- I don't know, mate. This isn't to do with my f- your, my fat. Well, for my fact, you were spaffing on about the mo- the moonwalk for ages. Yeah, no, I don't know what comes out your bum when you have your Big Mac. But I'm just saying that from your mouth to your bum, it's one long tube that runs the whole way. They're both open. It's air passing through. I'll send you this article, mate. It's called "From Food to Poo." There we go. You can read that in your own time. Lay off the Big Mac. The ultimate podcast for Married at First Sight fans is here. This is Recapped at First Sight. The new podcast keeping you up to date on all the love, fallouts, drama and secrets as the Married at First Sight UK bride and grooms try to make happy couples. And we're your happy couple right here, in a professional sense, of course. Join me, Kat Shube. And me, former Maths UK groom Bob Voisey, every morning after you've watched the latest episode on TV. Plus, we'll have some special guests along the way enjoying our very own wedding breakfast. You bit the caterers, right? Uh, about that. Recapped at first sight. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
You can get in touch with the show, by the way. It is info at baffledpod.com. Uh, baffledpod.com as well. If you head to that website, you can get everything, including some merch. I think there are jumpers there. It's getting quite chilly here in the UK. So if you want another pair of socks, perhaps, get it on there. If you want a way to keep your drink warm, we've got mugs too. Baffledpod.com. Last fact of the show goes to me. This is disgusting. Cartier owner Rochemont bought back and destroyed £400 million worth of watches to prevent them being sold at a discount. I mean, I don't know if I can say it's disgusting. That might be libelous. I personally find that quite icky. So he saw them up for sale at a discount. Not him, company. So the company saw them up for sale on like a third party at a discounted rate to the original RRP and then they bought them and broke them. The company took action after stocks of its wrist... <laughs> that's a hard word to say. Of its wrist watches began building up in display cabinets in Asian markets uh, where luxury products were sold cheaper. Uh, it was worried that unsold stock would end up being discounted. So it didn't buy them. It just had unsold stock and it thought, right, this might go down to you know an iffy market. So I'm going to break it. I'm going to destroy it. 400 million pounds worth. Keeps the value of things, doesn't it? It does. It does. It's a term in economics. Um, What's it called? Uh, Veblen. So Veblen good, which basically means that for well, certain they call items, it ridiculous things like that. It's probably named after a guy called Veblen. Like trickle down economics. We've been talking about that a lot in the news recently. You know, you say what you see. I understand it. Yeah. Veblen. I'm assuming it's named after a man called Veblen, uh, and it basically is the principle that for certain items, the more expensive it is, the more in demand it is. So therefore, when an item gets cheaper, the demand for it will actually drop off because people only buy it as an item to say, hey, I own this yeah, car. That's expensive, isn't it? Therefore, is it? That's so, you know, take a, take a Porsche, for example. If Porsche suddenly became as cheap as a, you know, VW Polo, people wouldn't buy Porsches yeah, of course. for the same reason because it'd be like... Loses value. Well, I only bought it to say, hey, look at me, I have a yeah. lot of money. It's also that there are certain people with money who can afford Porsches. If Joe Public can afford them too... By you know the other blokes who were buying it before aren't going to want it because it makes them look cheap. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. You, I'm, are you into like if, 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 I say if you got your Rolex, I think that's you saying something to you. If you got your Rolex and you're like, oh yeah, look at my Rolex. You're right. If suddenly everyone was around a Rolex, you'd be like, well, I don't want my Rolex anymore because yeah. you've got it, you've got it, you've got it. People don't give a shit that I've got a Rolex. Therefore, let me go and buy another another expensive brand. And is that so? Is that is that to do with price or is it all linked? Veblen. Um, it's basically to do with, so there's a certain, it's to do with wanting to stand out. So therefore kind of the higher the price, the more in demand it will be from that level of person because they want it purely as an item to say, I am wealthy. I wonder what makes them so expensive as well. Anyway, are you a watchman? I quite like a watch. Yeah. I I think if you had more money, you'd be a watchman in in your, in your like previous life of being a state agent, you know, whatever you've done, multi, multi jobs. I reckon you'd be a proper I've got, watchman. I've, I've, got an, I've got a nice watch that I've got for my 18th. I think Mark would be a, like a, you know, when he gets money, money, he'd, he'd be like a watch dad. I think, I think you could, I think, I think there's a, uh, yeah, I think a nice watch is a good, good thing. But I, I don't think a nice watch necessarily means an expensive watch. I've never seen the point. Really? No, no I'm the same. Well, I, I only wear my Garmin because I do a lot of running and, a lot of, you know, I like the way it tracks things, but that's because hmm. it's got a practical purpose. I didn't wear a watch for, I would say, the first 20 Eight years of my life. Yeah, I think there's... Oh, you were that annoying person. Oh, anyone know the time? No. And I'll say it before, and I'll say it again. I pride myself on two things in my life. One, I'm an excellent pooer, in contrast to what we spoke about earlier on. And two, I've got a very good natural 
knowledge of the time. That's good. Yeah. Very good. But I do think there is a good value in a nice watch. I think a nice watch looks good too. I think it does yeah, look quite th- smart. But it doesn't need to be expensive for me. I, I think that's a bit shabby sometimes. Not really into that. But then again, it is showy for a certain reason. So if you have a watch, it's because you've connected on it on some level. So you're wearing that watch because you want to show other people who have connected on it that, with that level that you're yeah. like in their club. Yeah, like a car. Like the Garmin. Yeah. You're in the oh, club. I, I'm wearing this because I enjoy, you know, that adventure sport thing. So I want to see when other people see it, they say, oh, okay. Yeah. Like everything, isn't it? I get that. Yeah. Mark, give us your last facts of this hither show. You know the song Don't Cha by the Pussycat Dolls? You know what, Mark? No, never heard it. Never heard no, it? I have. I do know it, yeah. Did you know? Actually a cover. Word for word? Word for word. So Not it was originally wow. recorded and published by Tori Alamez, who used to be an outcast. Um, released it as a debut single. Didn't do very well at all. So Universal went, quite like the song though. We've got this new group. Let's give it to them. Uh, so the Pussycat Dolls did it. So here is the Pussycat Dolls version. Right, and then here, your girlfriend was Danny. Here's the Tory version. Literally the same song. Yeah, it's a rip off, isn't it? They just went. Isn't the music industry mental? Didn't work. Uh, Also, can you tell me who sang this song? Jamelia, superstar. Yeah, you must be some kind of. Was that Jamelia? It was Jamelia, but that wasn't the Jamelia version. Jamelia was a cover of of Christine Milton. Yeah, what? It, look, she might be great, but that's not a pop star name, is it? It's not. No, Christine Milton. Jamelia, good. She was from Denmark. It actually got a lot of success in Denmark. Pussycat Dolls as and well. And then Jamelia made it successful worldwide. Fancy them all. Even uh, within the same year. I reckon there's quite a lot of this. Yes, I think there probably is. These are the two examples that I kind of came up with. Um, but yeah, so there are a lot of songs you just don't realise are covers. I wonder, you know, because making, mu- making a song and recording it, and especially back then, getting it on CD and putting it out there, does take a bit of time. I wonder how long they give something to come out. So in the case of Superstar, it was released in 2003 yeah. by Christine Milton. It then was released in September of 2003 by Jamelia. They didn't even give it a year. So, well, it's a banger. Yeah, very good. Don't just better than the original two, so. Don't you? Yeah, I'm that, here for it. That one got two years. 2003, again, it was released by Tori Alamaze. 2005, it was released by Pussycat Streaming Dolls. numbers are probably hundreds of millions in difference, right? Yeah, and I guess if you wrote that song originally and then Pussycat Dolls do it, you probably get more money from that if you'd have kept it for you've yourself got, anyway. If you've got a publishing deal. I, I feel like you've suddenly read a book on publishing deals. No, no, no. That's why you're bringing that up. <laughs> there is a lot of artists, musicians that are signed for a record deal, but they have a publishing deal. They might write a really, really good song and they can go, yeah, we'll take that and give it to another artist and you don't get any money for it unless you've got a publishing deal. Truth. Yeah. There we go. Lessons of the music industry from Connie Knight. Mm. Be careful out there. Last fact of the show, Con. E.T. When E.T. walks. Do you have any idea how that sound was made? Uh, was it by a guy called Wilhelm Screaming? No. No. Uh, it was a poor man who had basically studied his whole life to do sounding movies and he had to squash his hands in jelly repeatedly he was in the pro- time of the beat. He was probably quite happy about this. Well, I'm sure he was happy about it, yeah. Pretty, but good, that, pretty good gig to get that. That was his job. The whole movie too was each individually done at the time that he walked to because they wanted to make it very real. Yeah, well, that, that is uh, it's called Foley. So sounds that they record for... 
uh, for plays or for films or for TV shows. So, you know, if you're, if you listen to the archers, for example, on radio four and you hear them walking down a driveway, they're not actually walking down the driveway. That's a guy with shoes on his hands, probably walking in a box of gravel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it happens all the time. How audio works. I wonder how much they get paid. Hell of a lot of money, I reckon. Hell of a lot of bloody money to do, do, it. do sound on a film. Yeah, but mm, you got to do it and then you got to master it, haven't you? You got to make all the levels right and you got to do it all in time. You got to make it all this. I wouldn't be able to do all that. I could do the first bit, squash my hands in jelly. Fine. It's Friday night for you, isn't it? Yeah, no problem. That's it for this week. What have we learned? Well, that kangaroos don't feel embarrassed. Also, it's one long tube between your mouth and your butt. And talking about butts, the bony eared arse fish is the animal with the lowest brain to body mass index. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Make sure you are following the podcast because you'll get bite-sized baffled right the way through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Just a little tidbit for your commute. Whatever's going on. Uh, Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See ya. And I will see you next week too. Until then, bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.